0: Great. Thanks, Steve, ever so much. We're thinking about, um, as we journey through the Daniel fast, about the theme of rain that we picked up at the beginning of Advent and through Christmas. That Christmas tells the story of Jesus bringing God's rain afresh to our lives, to the world, And that that reign continues to grow and to expand and to develop. That the fullness of God might be made known until all things, all things are caught up in his reign and in his fullness. So week by week as we think about God's reign, we're thinking this week as we look at the first chapter of Colossians of God's reign in our lives. And then next week we're thinking more about God's reign in our faith community in our church uh, and in the church in the fullness of that sense as we look at the first chapter of Ephesians and then the final week first chapter of Philippians God's reign in uh, the world as we thought about God's reign in our lives verse two of um, uh, uh, sorry in chapter two there was this key verse that stood out for me. This one, this one here. Just as you received Christ, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I have to take my jumper off because I'm going to expire. Does the screen keep flickering as well? No? It's just my laptop then, so you're good. I have to take my jumper off uh, because I'm going to overheat. So what I'd like to do, rather than draw attention to standing here taking my jumper off, I'm going to suggest that you just pause for a moment and think about that verse. And it's a speaker's technique just to divert your attention to something else. So I'd love you just to think about that verse just for a moment and ask yourself the question, what strikes you as you read those words at the beginning of 2023? Now, as you begin to think about what that, what that is, notice, notice a couple of things. Notice that there's a foundation. The foundation is that you have received Jesus Christ as Lord. You've received Jesus as the one who reigns. It's the beginning, it's the foundation, it's the basis on which Paul continues. And having given the foundation, he then introduces us to a command. Therefore, because you have already received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue, keep going, don't stop, continue to live in him, and then he gives three examples of what living in Him is like. It's like being rooted and built up. Number one, it's like being strengthened in the faith. Number two, it's like overflowing with thankfulness. Let's just think about those as a, uh, uh, as a uh, for a moment, because it, it kind of builds the picture and the background and the kind of foundation for the way that we might move through these three weeks together. The foundation: receive Christ as. Lord, We talk about receiving Jesus into our lives, don't we? And it's these kind of phrases in the scriptures that we get this from. But Paul uses a particular uh, technical term about receiving Christ. He's using a term that refers to oral tradition. When there were things that were really true, and they wanted to make sure that the truth wasn't lost, they would talk about passing it on. And of course, in an in a, in a age without uh, newspapers and printed material and so on, passing it on orally was really important and they had careful strategies for doing that. He was talking about a truth that had been very carefully passed on. And we know that Paul talks about that from time to time, uh, don't we? When we share in the communion service, we know that Paul uses that same phrase, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. In other words, I I very carefully received something, treasured it, guarded it, and passed it on. And most famously, Paul says it here, for this most well-known one, for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and he appeared to Peter, and then to the Twelve, and so on. Why is this important? I think what Paul is doing, he is alluding to the fact that the Jesus that you have received is the Jesus tradition that's been passed on. And the Jesus tradition was this, that Jesus was God's son, that he died, was buried, and rose again for our salvation. He was the long-awaited Messiah. And so Paul is giving a nod and a wink here. Don't forget that the Jesus that you've received as Lord is the Jesus that came to save you, to rescue you, to redeem you, to uh, lift your life out of itself, to liberate you. And I think what Paul is doing here is to remind us of how the reality of Jesus as our saviour Relates to Jesus as our Lord. Remember the foundation. Receive Christ as Lord. Jesus becomes our saviour, our liberator, our healer, our forgiver as we receive him as our Lord. And that connection is really important. And I I hope that through this Daniel fast, we will see and we will celebrate Jesus being our savior, our liberator, our healer. Who's ready for some liberation? And who's ready for some healing? And who's ready for some freedom? Who's ready for the life that Jesus came to bring? That's what Jesus came to make possible. But there is a relationship. It's as we surrender to the reign of God. As we recognize and receive him as the Lord. That that saving work of Jesus gets released in our lives. As we invite. And this is the key. As we invite more of his rule and reign. So we will see the greater effect and impact of his rescuing and liberating power in our lives. That's a good tweet. It might be more than 144 characters, but it's a good tweet. As we invite more of his rule and reign in our lives, so we will see the greater effect and impact of his rescuing and liberating power. Does that make some sense? And so I think Paul is very deliberately, when he talks about receiving Christ as Lord, reminding them in the language that he uses, reminding them that the Jesus they receive as Lord is the one who liberates, is the one who saves, is the one who heals, is the one who sets free, is the one whose work in our lives is transformational from the inside out. And so we have the foundation and then we have the command. If all that be true. If it be true that as we welcome the reign of God in our lives. So his liberating, healing, releasing power is increased, is manifest within us. If that be true, then continue in him. Continue to live in him. A reminder that as we believe the right things about Jesus. it launches us into right behavior orthodoxy right belief moves to orthopraxy right practice right behavior there's always this link isn't there between believing right and living right because you have believed right that jesus the lord is your savior and rescuer then don't give up don't go somewhere else don't move on don't let go but continue to live in him. Why does Paul say continue to live in him? Because it's easy not to. Because it's easy not to. It's easy to get discouraged and to look elsewhere. It's easy to get uh to pull into a spiritual lay by and, and, and stop pursuing his reign and his lordship in our lives. And so what's Paul saying here? Keep going. Keep going. And what does keep going mean? It means to be continually bringing more and more of God's reign into more and more areas of our lives so that the transforming, rescuing work of Jesus goes wider and deeper within us than ever before. And that's what lies at the heart of the Daniel fast. As we at the beginning of a new year say to God, we want your rule and reign more fully in our lives than we've ever known it before. Are you with me? That, that's, the, that's the cry of our hearts. That's what we're asking and seeking. Lord God, your kingdom come. Your will be done where? On earth. As it is in heaven. We know God's will is done in heaven. What we're longing is for God's will to be done in our lives. In our reality. In our relationships. In our marriages. In our family. In our workplaces. In our neighbourhoods. God's reign to become known there. Because that releases the work of the saviour. I think continue is such a key word, isn't it? Continue. Because it's easy not to and it's easy to continue not with Jesus as Lord but to continue with Jesus as Savior to look to God for more of what we long for him to do in our lives without being willing to surrender more of who we are to his lordship to his rule and to his reign it's okay to seek Jesus as Savior for sure And it's okay to seek Jesus as the forgiver. And it's okay to seek Jesus as the one who's always with us. But here we're invited to seek Jesus who wants his rule and reign to touch every area of our lives. That's the goal. And that's the invitation that he gives to us. Continuing reminds us that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I guess for some of us, we feel like we've been continuing for many years, for decades or more, and we hear that encouragement, hey, keep going, continue, more of God's rule, more of God's reign, more of God's uh, saving work to be released in our lives. For others of us, perhaps it's just the beginning And we're beginning to learn what it is to surrender ourselves uh, to him. But I guess there are only two realities, aren't there? Either we need more of God's reign in our lives, or we're perfect. And if, if there's an inkling that maybe you're perfect, just have a chat with the people that you live with, or that you work with. And just quietly ask them, am I as perfect as I think? And stand well back. Continue to live in him. Continue. And then we get three examples. We get three examples. And just before we launch into those very quickly... What does continuing in him mean for you at the beginning of 2023? Where where does the Holy Spirit take your heart and your mind in this moment? Just pause with me. As you open up your heart to what the Father might whisper today, where is he drawing your attention? What is it in your lives that he's inviting you to surrender to his rule and to his reign? Three examples, rooted and built up. It's a mix of metaphors. It doesn't work very well if you're doing English lessons, does it? To mix your metaphors like that, to be rooted and built up. We might think more of being rooted and therefore growing. The good news is the verb, the word to be rooted is past tense. It's something that in Jesus has already happened. You have been rooted in Christ. A plant in our home can be quite a traumatic experience. And it is a traumatic experience when a plant gets repotted and sometimes they don't survive. We don't need to be repotted. We are rooted in Christ. And whether you've been a Christian, and this is an amazing truth, whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, you have at your disposal in Christ everything that you need. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You have the whole thing. You're not just given a little bit until you get a bit better and get given a bit more. You have the whole thing. You are rooted in Christ and you have it all. It's all available. So if we don't need to be repotted, how do we make sure that our lives grow? Because every plant that's potted in our house doesn't always grow. And the reason that it doesn't always grow is because growth is determined by the environment. By the environment. And so one of three questions as we begin this Daniel fast. Is what can you do to provide your life with the right environment? With the right environment. Think about people. Who are the people that you need around you to create the right environment? Think about places. Where do you need to go to create the right environment? Which of the join-up things do you need to connect with to create the right environment? People, places, patterns. What do you need to do in your life to create the right environment? Is it that time of silence? Is it that walk? Is it that early morning routine? Is it that end-of-the-day, evening routine? What is it? What is the pattern in your life? That helps you create the right environment for you to grow. Daily devotions. Journaling. Podcasts. Walking. What will help you? And there's an encouragement here, isn't there? I know the the, the mix of metaphors rooted and built up. If you walk past a construction site and there is a big notice under construction and there's a hive of activity, what kind of emotions does it bring? Hello? Hope, opportunity, expectancy, something is coming, something new is being given birth. That's the environment. If you walk past a building site where all building has stopped, and it looks derelict, what kind of emotion does that create? It's all over. It's finished. It's closed down. It's the end. It's depressing. We are under construction. Let that create hope and expectation. So, first big question is this. What environment are you creating through the Daniel fast? Just for a moment, how might you begin to answer that question? What environment are you creating through the Daniel fast? And then very quickly. Second example. Continue in him, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. What do you need to do to gain strength? Exercise. You need to do it. You need to do it. You don't get strengthened in it by hearing about it, listening to it, being told what to do, uh, thinking about it. You only gain strength as you do it. Which is why we're told, don't merely listen to the word, don't learn about it, talk about it, understand it. But do something, put it into practice. It's as we use the muscle, whatever that is, that strength begins to come. And that's one of the powers of the Daniel fast. When you give up something that you can, it strengthens your muscle to give up something that you can't yet. I don't know whether that's been part of your journey over the years, but as we've learned to say no to things that we can in the name of Jesus, it's helped us ultimately to say no to things that we thought we couldn't say no to before, as we've strengthened that muscle of discipleship and discipline. If you need the in right environment, you also need to put in the right energy. And that leads us to that second to the second question as we journey through the Daniel fast. What muscle? Are you putting into action through the Daniel fast? Where's the stretch? Where is the energy going to be put over these next three weeks? And then finally, the third example is to be overflowing with thankfulness. Gratitude, thankfulness, keeps our receptivity to God open. That's what it does. It opens us up to the work of God in our lives. When we're ungrateful, what does it do? It closes us off. It shuts us down. It separates us. Locks us out of the, word, of the work of God in our lives. Which is why the Bible all the time says give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. In all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus so if we need the right environment and the right energy, we also need to be expressing the right emotion. Continuing in him is to express gratitude. Gratitude, thankfulness, thanksgiving. So that third question, how will you? How will you choose to express gratitude through the Daniel fast? And there might be so many things that you're struggling with and that you're ungrateful for in a way. I get that. But there's always something that you can be thankful for. Why don't you start there? And are you going to do that at meal times? You're going to do that in your journal. You're going to do that through connecting online with someone or through social media. You're going to do that when you're taking a walk. You're going to do that when you're uh, uh, engaged in another activity. When you're brushing your teeth, whatever it might be. What will you do in order to allow the right emotion? of gratitude to come to the fore. Because it opens us up to all that God is doing. Just as you've received Christ as Lord, continue in him. And this three-week journey is the backdrop, the beginnings of helping us say, yes, this year, I am, I will continue. In him. Let's be quiet for a moment. What struck you this morning? Might not even be in the The talk just now, but somewhere, where's God getting your attention? Where's God awakening you to something? And how are you responding today? How are you saying, yes, I'm continuing. I'm not going to be stuck. I'm not pulled into a lay-by. I'm continuing in him today. And I get this picture, maybe it's helpful for some of you, I, uh, I think back to school days in cross-country running and um, uh, young teenagers in cross-country running, they just go off like the clappers at the beginning of a race, often not aware of how long the race is and they quickly tire and there is a, a maturity about going off at a steady pace. And letting those that are going off too fast go ahead, because you will catch them up. What is your steady pace that God is inviting you into through this fast? Don't rush off like the clappers and end up exhausted. But what is your steady pace as you step into these three weeks? In a moment we're going to sing together and gives us an opportunity just to, to to gather ourselves and to bring that sense of recommitment to God, that we are building our lives on Him, that He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. And I know that sometimes it feels because again we get it all topsy turvy, it feels really like, like demanding of God. He's demanding our allegiance. But then that's a reminder again of the link of Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord. Because he invites us to receive his reign in our lives only once he has already given everything for us. So in the light of the cross. In the light of him giving everything to us. In the light of proving his unconditional love. He invites us to surrender to Him. Our actions, our thoughts, our hopes, our desires. For wherever we surrender to the reign of God, so His saving, liberating work gets released in our lives.